Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 182, entitled Office versus Home Working. It was published on Thursday the 4th of June 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined for our debate in a few minutes by David Wormsley. But before that, just a few bits of housekeeping. Please head over to wpbuilds.com. That's the website where we keep all of our content. Most of it is specific to WordPress, but not everything. You'll find a whole bunch there. We produce an awful lot of content each week. So for example, if you head over to the subscribe page, that's wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you're going to be able to keep up to date with that content. There's two emails to subscribe to. The first one issues you an email every time we produce a new piece of content. Usually that's twice a week, but sometimes a little bit more. And there's another newsletter to subscribe to find out whenever we hear about WordPress deals. We keep our ears pretty close to the ground, and so when we hear of a good deal, we'll just email you directly about it so that you know. There's also options on that page to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast player, and please, please join our Facebook group of over 2,500 WordPressers. It's an incredibly friendly space, and I would encourage you to go and post any WordPress-related questions in there. Another page to mention would be wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. I keep describing it as Black Friday, but every single day of the week. Over on that page, you're going to find a searchable, filterable list of deals, which are there 365 days of the year. So you don't need to wait for Black Friday. The deals so far, none of them have expired. The, The product owners have been very kind to give us permanent deals. And so if you're in the mood for products and services based around WordPress this week, go and check that out for sure. Another option would be wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise. We love it when we get new advertisers on and we love putting their messages in front of a WordPress specific audience and it may well help your product or service reach out to some new customers. One of the people that's done that is absplittest.com. Okay, let's get on to the main event today. The main event being a debate between David Wormsley and I. We've entitled it Office versus Homeworking, and I suppose that makes it pretty obvious what the debate is all about. It's exactly that. What are the benefits of working from home? There are myriad benefits, and I won't go into them now, but equally, there are tons of benefits of working from the office. And so we take up contrary positions, one of us on one side and one on the other, and we see which we would prefer at the end. And I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Hello, today's debate is office versus home working. And well, this is going to be a tricky one because both Nathan and I are fairly committed home workers. Yeah, I mean, this is a difficult proposition. We do these debates and the idea is that one of us takes on the uh, the one role and one of us takes on the other. But in in the most part, we both agree about about it from the outset. And this one more so, I think, than ever before. We're both completely um, based outside of an office. In fact... I have so little experience inside of an office that you've been forced to take the office side of the debate just because you have more experience, even though you don't like it. So sincere apologies for forcing you into this. Yeah. 
I suppose to set up the debate, because we're not sure what we're talking about, because there's probably some difference between kind of larger agencies who might need an office and, and smaller freelancers like us or micro agencies, whatever we call ourselves, who probably be more inclined to work from home. So I guess we're talking for our, our kind of core audience of pretty much like us, aren't we? Yeah. So maybe just one or two of us. Yes, I think I think most of the people who listen to this podcast, certainly the ones that come to the Facebook group and talk with us, appear to be in the in the mold of freelancers you know maybe they have an office but maybe they work from home but it would appear that most of them are freelancers so i think if we take the take the staging of this debate as we're imagining mm. that everybody that listening that listens to this is a freelancer and they're deciding whether or not as a freelancer to set up an office or not that might be a a good position to work from although clearly some of you will be working as part of larger teams but you know, let's maybe frame it in that way. Freelancers, home office, mm-hmm. freelancers, mm-hmm. you know, paid external office. Yeah. Okay, shall I kick it off then? Okay. Some of the arguments for the office. And uh, you can wipe the floor with me. Um, <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> better. Well, really, I mean, the reason for me to have an office probably be the better marketing, just to set myself up, invest in myself as a serious business that has premises. So I can get that perception, particularly if I was in a local area where I wanted to attract all the local business, set myself up in some office where other people could walk past it day in, day out out that would be my reason for going for an office in the first place yeah and i have absolutely no rebuttal but i think you're out of ammo there uh, i think that's it you've done you've spent <laughs> your only decent reason but it is it is the reason right and it's perfect um I don't know quite why it is, but it is seen that, you know, going to an office where people are wearing a certain type of clothes and, you know, it's got a, a, I think the address of that office can be very significant. You know, if it's in a a particular street or in a particular neighborhood or whatever, it might be that it's, you know, very rural and that's its charm. But having, having an office set up where everything is completely disassociated from any sort of familial life is is really persuasive i have suffered imposter syndrome more um from this one i think than anything else i think i would have had far less imposter syndrome had people have been coming over to my office uh, than they would if they'd have been coming over to my house or wherever i might have been meeting them in a coffee shop yeah this is a massively massively important reason for having an office if you're a freelancer that disassociation you know, you don't have to have any any reference to your family life. It's completely disassociated. You can set it up with, in inverted commas, office furniture so that it looks the part. Um, mm. And the location of it could be slap bang in the middle of a busy thoroughfare of commerce. And it might, might help you enormously. So, yes, totally mm. conceded. It's a brilliant, brilliant opener, yeah. Uh, but also, I mean, I wonder if, because uh, we can't really know what the perception is of people who do our trade. So if you're somebody looking for a website and you think that you're going to go to a freelance or web, an agency for this, we don't know what their perception is. Because I've got a perception, say, of the mobile hairdresser compared to the high street saloon, you know, and mm. the, the the sort of quality of the hairdressing that I might likely to get from one or the other of those, which probably is not true at all. No, but because the skill is totally that. tradable, isn't it? And that that I yeah. think is is the impediment that we face. You know, you you are you're not going to be a better worker 
building websites yeah. in an office you know all of the 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 things which will come on to aside in terms of you know maybe yeah. wasting time and so on and so forth but your skills are no better we are mm. location independent completely and utterly and i would say that the example that you've just chosen of a hairdresser is probably the same you know so long as you've got the right tools in the bag when you set off at the beginning of the mm. day you're probably all set but there are certain things, you know, for example, if you work in a call centre, I imagine that that probably is better to have everybody in one place. If you're a, I don't know, a carpenter or something like that, having all of those incredibly expensive elaborate tools, it's probably better to have them all in one central location so that you can use them. All of those kind of things, there's a massive, massive benefit. But no, I don't think the skills of website building are better mm. in an office. I think you can carry that kind of work out just as effectively at home. We are supremely lucky in that basically all we need is a laptop, possibly an external monitor, a mouse, mm. something like that. That's kind of the, the limits of it really, isn't it? Oh, and coffee, but that can be had anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I bet, and the, the other point of my argument, I suppose I'll be stacking mine up first for you to blow them down really, but is that... The, if you and this has happened to me before if i was trying to do this now when i used to live in london and i was seeing tottenham and i had my tottenham address there it wouldn't look kind of as glamorous the the particular area i lived in a very nice place there mm. and that was my choice very happy with it but it wasn't a great place so you know it might have been to my advantage to have had a business address that was somewhere else in the same way that in the uk we've got harley street which is known for kind of um private doctors and we've got if you're selling shirts we've got german street in london as well having those kind of addresses that might reflect the type of client that you want to pick up yeah. could be really advantageous yeah and i'm sure that's true i mean you only have to look at the amount of companies based throughout the world who've chosen to register their business in Delaware in America because they yeah. believe that having an American just anywhere in America address for their business mm. is superior to the address that they would have from their from their own location and i'm sure the case is true you know if you could if you could um, have a, an address with a particular postcode in London there's going to be a certain proportion of people who will be beguiled by that and think that's fantastic you know it speaks of deep pockets mm. and it speaks of the you know clearly massive turnover oh look they've got an office on such and such a street that's impressive they must be very successful in my situation i think most of that is immaterial because the kind of clients that i've got simply haven't got those kind of budgets and mm. you know nowhere in my location well that's not true there are certain parts of the town in which i live which are nicer than others shall we say so I suppose there would be a bit of that. But I, I don't think for a freelancer, it's terribly important. And also, to be honest, I think it's the kind of thing that you can embrace. The amount of conversations that I've had where I've felt a bit of imposter syndrome is significant. But equally, mm. when I've embraced that a bit and I've said to people right from the outset, oh, I work from home, I'm just a freelancer, I find that it means that I'm you know, I've, I'm more cost efficient. I've got, I make savings that way. And, and that's great for the business because mm -hmm. it means I can plow the money into things that will benefit you as opposed to rent and, you mm -hmm. know, bills for the internet doubled and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And most of the people that I've said those words to have found that to be quite, well, certainly they haven't said, well, that's weird. You know, it's more, okay, yeah, that's fine. They haven't battered an eyelid. It's just something I had to get over. I had to make that mindset that it's okay to have a home office and more importantly than that it's okay to celebrate it and talk about it as if it's normal 
Yeah, but you're kind of known in the local area. Or people know, you know, you're recommended. If you're starting up and that, and all you've got is your website, and you know, this is the problem, isn't it, with the internet? It's very hard to pick a web designer just on their uh, web presence um, because it's just too much option. And also, there's always that fear that anybody can, you know, blag anything. So there's a 12-year-old, you know, uh, kid behind the screen there actually doing the work. <laughs> you don't know who to pick out. And you, do you know what I mean? You've got that advantage if you meet people. But if you don't have a premise and yeah. all you've got is a website, that's quite difficult to overcome i think if you want to attract local business yeah i, I think that's true I, i'm sure that's true in fact it's interesting because we, we are recording this during the a time when you know office work has more or less ground to a halt and the homework has become the new normal and obviously lots of people are wrangling that so it is a bit of a peculiar time it would be quite interesting to see how many businesses on the back of this decide that homework is the future or at least for a proportion of their staff yeah. or a proportion of their staff's time but um yeah i i think i think they're they're good points but the the other thing i would say is that there are options where i live i don't know if this is widespread i'm sure it's widespread in terms of companies like we work and so on i don't know if that'll be around for forever but um there are office spaces where i live where you can hire it by the hour so were you to be somebody who yeah, let's say, for example, you're setting yourself up, you can organize meetings where you go to this office and but you just have it for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it takes. And when you go in, there's a coffee full of water and there's, you know, um, two cups all cleaned out for you and everything. And the chairs are all aligned and it's made to look posh, internet connection, all of that kind of stuff. And you just have it for a couple of hours. So I think if that's a worry for you, you want to you really can't get over the barrier of that. There are ways which are cheaper. I mean, obviously you pay significantly more per hour than you would for an office, but you only have it for a couple of hours. So it's it's way, way cheaper. So I think you can get over that impediment if you view it as an impediment. Yeah, yeah, there is that. that that's probably, is that an argument for an office? Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's, it's an argument for like, it's a temporary office, isn't it? Having a temporary office might be a good thing. And I know that lots of people have like WeWork subscriptions. I know WeWork is in a bit of bother at the moment in terms of its profitability. And I'm sure that during this COVID crisis, it's almost got zero people going through its doors. But that model can be yeah. can be successful, I think, if you, you know, if your house is not, which we'll come on to in a minute, if your house is not suitable for entertaining visitors, there are ways of getting around that. Yeah, there are similar kind of things there is in the hotel business in Thailand. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we won't. We won't, we won't. We won't go into that. Um, uh, is there anything um, you wanted to put forward, or shall I take on a few bits? Because you can see you've got a nice laundry list of things which you believe to be uh, yeah in your favour. You take... Yeah. Did you say me take it for a bit? Yeah. You go and take it. Okay. Take a few. Points, okay. Yeah. Well, the biggest one for me, I think. Well, there's actually quite a few which vie for the top position, but the, the most compelling one, I would say, is the money the the fact that in in being at home i'm saving hundreds of pounds a month thousands of pounds a year on something that i a long time ago decided i didn't really need i'm i'm confess i live in a very cheap part of the united kingdom so everything that i'm about to say i'm going to heavily caveat with with that but I have a spare room in my house, which I've painted, you know, if you've seen any of the videos I do, 
the lives and whatnot you'll you'll know it's it's just white it's fairly bland you wouldn't want it as a as a bedroom but it serves as an office perfectly and mm. and so you know we took the took the decision a long time ago that if i was to be spending x number of pounds a month on an office why not spend x number of pounds a month on the mortgage you know if you transfer mm. that same amount over to the mortgage it enabled me to get a, a, a house with a with an additional space an extra bedroom, which was converted, but equally, you know, if you don't, if you have a, a garden and you don't have any additional space or you can't extend your house, there's loads of scope for building offices at the bottom of your garden. You know, these things that can be thrown up in a very short space of time for, a, well, really, I think sort of ten thousand pounds, something like that. But you look at the bill for your office each month, add it up over five years, and you never know, you might be in pocket. So. The financial argument for me is is very very compelling. I yeah it is and it's hard to argue with. I mean it's really savings and investments is the balance you're getting. You're putting your investment more into your own property that you're going to own. Mm. And for most of us in our category, we would we would have to rent our office spaces, wouldn't we? I mean if we was in a completely different situation where we were buying office spaces, it, in the way that something like McDonald's doesn't see itself as a, a burger chain, but mm. sees itself as as real um, real property development mm. um you know we can't do that so yeah i you you know have to concede to that one but there is the argument though isn't there that you know could you have done more business or got better business well that's the argument i put forward if you had invested more in the office do you see what i mean you're yeah saving I, I money totally get it I'm, I'm sure that you're right in that the environment that i can that i can give to people uh if i want to, to you know if i invite mm. them over to my house for a start, the the office is uh, on the third floor of my house, so mm. they have to come up and walk past all the bedroom doors and all of that. So that's a bit weird. Having having said that, the amount of times when I've brought people up to this office is very negligible. Mostly those kind of meetings, I I tend to conduct in a place of mutual benefit. You know, so it might be somewhere like a cafe, and there are so many of those dotted around. Most people, mm. in my opinion, are quite happy to sit looking on my laptop screen. I've also been very, very happy going to their place of work where their office is. And in some cases, I think that that really works in their benefit because they don't have to make the effort to come traipsing over to me. Um, I can happily go and see them, get in the car for 10 minutes, half an hour, two hours, whatever it might be, go and plonk myself in their environment or even in a cafe near to where they live. It's not perfect. It would be nice to have a, a a beautiful office on the ground floor with its own dedicated entrance and all that. Don't get me wrong. If I could put a perfect office on my land and my property and it didn't disrupt my family setup, I probably would. Mm. But mm. the mm. the cost benefits of all of that just don't stack up. And I'm more than happy to see people in alternative environments. It totally works for me. Yeah. And in fact, the only time because I have to work uh, online because I'm traveling all the time, I the only time people have wanted me involved in some meeting with them, it's been really when they wanted me to come to their offices because yeah. it's convenient for them, yeah. not the other way around. So, yeah. yeah. And, and with what we've been through with the, the COVID-19 thing, I think more and more people are going to be, well, how, how to describe this? There's going to be a whole bunch of people counted in the millions who now... <clears throat> have for the first time ever done something like a video conference call 
Whereas mm. before, they just had no conception of how to do that. You know, mom and pop, bricks and mortar shop people who have had to yeah. adopt this stuff because they want to stay in touch with their friends and family. You know, they want to see their grandchildren. So they've they've installed Skype or they've installed Zoom and they're now familiar with how it works. And before, I think certain people, I wouldn't have even have mentioned it. Can we do a Zoom call? I think I'll be far more capable of saying, let's, let's book a meeting online. We'll do... We'll do Zoom, whatever your weapon of choice is, and and I I think those impediments will have will have disappeared more or less by the time we're uh, we're out of this in you know however long that is. I'll put another side of the argument there because we had to move and I was, when I was working in government, and the arguments there were always for, you know whether people could work more from home or whether they needed to be in the office and particularly meetings. And it took them a long time to move to online meetings and give us the tools to do that. Mm. But still, I don't think it was really ever concluded whether that was the right way for me. I liked it much better. That took away all the travel time and we had our meetings, but. There was something um, about that personal contact. For many people, obviously, as employees, they didn't enjoy that, the fact that they were more and more isolated and they didn't have that time in the meeting. And I think the problem is that meetings tended to to make them work online. They needed to run more clearly to the agenda because you couldn't pick up on the sort of kind of subtle clues you can when there are people together Yeah. Um, about who can talk and what you can go. There's something about being in the same room and watching each other that makes those meetings um, kind of run more smoothly than they can online. So there is another argument that, you know, you, still that kind of office space that social socializing it never be completely removed yeah or I maybe do. not not as efficient as you think it might be yeah you know? I, I get it I, I know what you mean I suppose a good example of that would be you know it is superior in well I think most people would say it's superior to go and watch sport than it is to yeah. see it on the telly it's just better <laughs> You know, you get to mm. get the the depth, the, the the three dimensions of it. The crowd get you excited, and you know, so the same would be true in the office. You know, you've got interpersonal reactions, little jokes can be had. You can forge relationships. You can have a bit of wasted downtime with somebody else, whereas all of that is very different. However, in terms of the yeah. sort of Zoom calls, I actually think that's a skill. I think that the reason it's awkward and the reason that people don't know when to speak is more about the fact that as a whole, let's say you've got six people on a Zoom meeting. If five of you have never done it before, five of you haven't learned the mm. skills to observe when it's time for you to speak and the skills of backing out very quickly of the beginning of a sentence. So as an example, when you and I have these conversations, both of us realise that if the other person starts talking the best bet is to just back off straight away because both of us trying to continue talking is just nonsense we bet we get nowhere in a real world situation you can probably do that there's probably a bit of that you can both be talking at the same time and i expect both of you can hear but i think those skills can be acquired and i think they are being acquired i had a we have a Zoom chat every Wednesday during this lockdown period with five other, well, there's five families in total. And we're now on week six. We do it on a Friday. We're now on week six. And the first few were a disaster. You know, nobody knew what to say or when or what the cue was to, it's my turn, it's my turn. But we've totally fixed it. It's now seamless. We somehow have figured out when it is suitable 
to to interrupt and we figured out that if everybody's on the screen at once instead of you know the gallery view instead of the the person who's speaking view that assists because you can see when everybody's about to launch into it so anyway completely gone off track there apologies about that (laughs) but I do think those online tools if you do have a concern about holding meetings I think I think those debates are, are less important than maybe they once were and certainly the tooling that's available between the time when you were working for government and now they're so much better. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to just throw in something else because there is something about the meetings that I, when we had to go into office for our meetings and stuff, there was stuff that was lost in the online because there would always be maybe in a group of six or something that would regularly meet. There would maybe be a, a couple that would talk to each other over something that they hadn't got the chance to, maybe in the coffee break, maybe even in the meeting just, and then there would that would mean that they would bring forward something that wasn't on the agenda before. Mm. Don't think that can happen so easy because you can't have those little private conversations when you're on uh, en masse there. So I can still mm. see that happening if you've got an office space, you know, for our, the argument for an office I'm still trying to make here is that, you know, it does allow for some uh, more sophisticated human interaction. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to deny it. I think the the technology is, is, a, is, is not as good, you know, I far rather hang out with somebody in person but i think if i'm trying to weigh it up as a whole i think the technology is good enough that most business transactions can be done also i suppose it just speaks to processes as well doesn't it you know if you're going to hop on a call with six people and you haven't got an agenda and you haven't got a process for talking through and somebody taking comprehensive minutes and those kind of things then yeah you're probably going to waste your time on zoom as much as you would in the actual office but yeah, um, if you've yeah. got your processes and everybody's working on collaborative documents, you know, Google Docs and so on, and they submit all of the things that they actually think are worth talking about prior to doing the meeting, I think you can make it. I think you can make it work. Um, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, interesting. I, I'm just not sure how this will go. And, I, and I'm sure that the technology will, will develop to, you know, for example, Zoom have now breakout meetings so you can have little meetings within meetings and all of those kind of things so you can go off if you like on your coffee break but it would be yeah a little bit contrived one thing that you touched on when you were talking a minute ago though which is another absolute killer so the two things for me number one i've Mm. said is saving money and number two is saving time and Mm. You know, you might be very lucky in that you might be able to secure a really fabulous office right next to where you live. And I know we know people who've got that situation, you know, short walk out your front door, walk for a couple of minutes. Boom, you're there. Mm. Great. But a lot of people don't. You know, they waste considerable amounts of time getting to their office Mm. because they want it to what they might live, for example, in the middle of, um, I don't know, a farm and their mm. office needs to be in the center of Birmingham. That's where they've decided their work needs to be done from. That is just, to me, such dead time. Time, especially if you're driving a car, because it's not like you can be productive. All right, I'll grant you if you're on the train, you can be productive on the train, but n- not really on the tube, not really in the car. And all of this time, when added up, goodness me, you know, those of you that commute, I'm sure, have had these thoughts in your own head. You know, you get to the get to Christmas time, New Year's resolution, and you think about how many hours did I spend on the tube or on the train? And it's it's a jaw-dropping amount often. And it's one of the biggest reasons that I moved out of big cities because I just couldn't reconcile the mm. amount of time I was spending on public transport per week with what I wanted out of my life. Yeah, 
Well, it is a good time, a good chance to listen to the WP Builds podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Okay. I'll crawl back into my hole at this point. It's probably the only time when people listen to the WP Builds podcast is doing the commute. Yes, that is a good point. You can you can make use of the time in productive ways, but not necessarily doing the work. But you you know what I'm saying, right? The yeah, idea that I have so much time heading to and from work and. If you if you think about okay, let's say that I typically would sp- so this is probably quite an extreme example, but let's say that I spent an hour in each direction going to work five days a week. So that's ten hours a week. That's forty mm. hours a month. So all of a sudden, you know, you see it um, adding up. Basically, you're losing like a working week every month. Um, yeah. And and this this is this is just not good. I can repurpose that time. In, in the same way that I can repurpose the money that went on the on the rent for the office, repurpose that into my own property, I can repurpose that time towards my family. You know, I can get up later if I choose, or I could get up at the same time, do an hour's work, finish two hours early, an hour early, whatever. And that is just so lovely. Yeah. But, you know, it's very solitary, isn't it? And I'm the argument for an office may be even the lifestyle of going to an office is more social. So even in your traveling to it, maybe you buy a coffee from, say, my sister-in-law's business who has one by the station. You get to know people who regularly get coffee. You talk to people, you see people more often. They they might be people that you'll talk to and say what you do for your business. So even that trip there, as well as listening to your podcasts and stuff, could be useful and 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 help to kind of network a little bit more. And then I think you know when you get into your office, if it's in a good location or your, it doesn't have to be expensive. You could be sharing with people who do something related to what you do in fact here's the thing i lost a couple of clients although i kind of got them back fortunately but i think i lost them due to the fact that they had an office space so these clients all had offices quite close to these two other businesses one of them doing emails the other ones doing um general media and websites as well so they were kind of known in the area and they were known with these businesses and they would socialize perhaps they would go to the same cafes or eating places or whatever so they weren't necessarily punting for their business directly but they had a wider social circle so it was so easy for me to lose those customers because they knew who they would go to next yes um you had me though when you said it's a bit less social right at the start of this um, thing. <laughs> that was basically where it ended for me. I, I just stopped listening after that, this whole idea of, oh, it'd be fun to chat to people on the train station. Or I'm just thinking, nah, 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 nah. I'm happy with the, happy with the hunker down mentality. Uh, honestly, I think that's an important part of it for me. I am so happy alone. I'm totally yeah. all right with it. I really don't mind it. And clearly... That's something of my personality coming out in that, but it's totally all right. And there are other people who, for, for whom sitting in this little space that I occupy five days a week would be an absolute train wreck. You know, they're just not going to do yeah. it. And everything that you've just suggested, you know, the chat on the tube station, buying the coffee, talking to new people, all of that stuff would be so sorely missed. Um, and I, I, all I can say is, for me, I'm happy that I, I don't do those things. I'm happy to just potter around in my own house. And uh, yeah, all of the things that you just mentioned are completely correct. They're just not for me. 
I'm, uh, no. I'm I'm feeling a bit like a sort of like a character out of a Charles Dickens novel now. Somebody like Scrooge <laughs> or something, penny pinching, lonely, isolated. You know, oh dear. <laughs> but it's you know, uh, but exactly the same with me. So I'm kind of putting on an act. But I do remember I was telling you about this before. I recalled the early days of my youth, where I used to be much more sociable than now. And there was this painter in our local town who, for some reason, rented this room, you know, fairly big room to do as a studio for painting. She wasn't making much money. Somehow, just because she was there in a place that people passed through and was interested in her, we all ended up getting behind a lot of young people, particularly um, just and it, it turned into this thing called the art rooms where a lot of people did stuff. And we started doing band practicing and we did charity gigs to raise money for this art rooms. And it developed into this big kind of center for a lot of people who had all interests in various different arts came out of this one person kind of setting up office somewhere. Yeah. And I just think. You know, maybe now I can afford not to have that, but you can see how it attracts a lot of people who just want that kind of, you know, to see people and be personable and, you know. So I can see the advantages of an office, particularly if you can create that kind of environment. Yeah, there's a place in Scarborough where I live that is exactly the mm. the equivalent of the, this thing that you've just described that this lady has. Um, it's a, an office which has been refurbished. Lovely old building. I think it was possibly a museum or something. But it's been yeah. refurbished, I think, possibly out of some sort of grant or something. It's lovely. The offices are really nice. Everything is tasteful. There's a little um, coffee shop in there, more or less, I think, exclusively for the people who frequent this place. Lots and lots of offices, maybe 50 or 60, something like that. And all the all the cool kids go there. There's lots of little mm. startups in there, lots of tech, lots of people who have their own little independent arts and crafts businesses, that kind of thing. And whoa, the amount of work they exchange inside that building is pretty phenomenal. You know, I, I only have to look at quite a few of the the local websites that pop up for local events and, you know, what it's like. You sort of scroll to the bottom and see if anybody's left their mark on the website and you discover mm. it is it is probably quite effective if you have an office in that environment. Um, I'm sure that it pays for itself. But the the big problem for me, going back to the argument I made right at the start, is that the the cost of this place is phenomenal you know it's very expensive for the actual rent for the office the office is the same size as the one that i've got um the crowd that are in there are significantly younger than me so i'd feel like a bit of an old granddad trying to be hip and cool <laughs> anyway and and so it just it just didn't really work for me it just i looked around it in fact a few times in the last few years i've been around to see if i could make myself fit and honestly i i, I at my age, I would feel like a square peg in a round hole. I just don't think I've got the, the talk. I couldn't talk the talk and walk the walk. But yeah, I think it's a compelling argument. If you were younger, if you were 20-something setting up and you could fit the bill in that environment, yeah, it would work, yeah. I'm sure. Speaking of yeah. old granddad, one of the <laughs> nicest things of um, of being working at home is is the whole dress code thing. Now, I know <laughs> this is probably not going to ring a bell for too many people, but I really, really, really like the fact that I don't have to wear any kind of uniform or look a particular way. Going back to my youngest years, I always rebelled against getting dressed up. You know, we'd go to my mum and dad would be attending a wedding and I'd be dragged along and I was made to wear these things and I hated it. 
like a way that I hate very little stuff. I really don't like it. I don't own any ties. I've worn a suit one time in my life um, and it didn't last for more than about an hour. I got it off as quickly as I could. I'm sure you can imagine what it was. Um, <laughs> and and so having the ability to rock out of bed, just dress in whatever way I feel fit is so nice. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? That's interesting because some people that I knew from you know, my office days um, that moved to doing our job, which was working from home, <clears throat> that was the, the thing that they found difficult. They did, just kept saying to us, I, I'm, I'm still in my pajamas. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's the afternoon. It. What am I doing? But they, but they couldn't quite get up. And, and really, it was difficult for them. There is an argument here because somebody listening to us could just think what slobs we are, you know, because we like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I was, I can't remember what it was. Somebody was saying the other day, you know, about successful people. You know, there are obviously, you know, when you're thinking about time, you know, you, there's no time, there's no point in making up your bed at all if you know you're going to get back in it in another 12 hours but successful people do that because it's a kind of discipline you know yeah yeah i've heard these I'd arguments like... before before and i'm i'm sure there's some basis in them but i would argue that it's not entirely the case you know i, I whilst i wouldn't cons consider myself to be remarkably successful i wouldn't consider myself a failure either so i'm i'm happily <laughs> sitting in the middle ground and i'm i'm more than happy to occupy that space <laughs> <laughs> It's it's going to come down to personalities. I agree. I mean, in some ways, I am quite tidy like that. So there'll be routines which I'll set for myself. There'll just be other ones, which uh, you know, which I just don't want to take part in. So I'm on your side, unfortunately, for this. I'm doing a terrible job. No, no, no. You were always office. destined to have a terrible, terrible hand dealt here because <laughs> it was, you know, both of us agree ultimately. Do you know the other thing as well is apart from just being unshackled from the clothes, you're also kind of unshackled from, well, two things. First is time and second one is location. So time is, is mm. I, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined because I've got kids my time is much more structured than it would be if I didn't have kids because it revolves around, you know, I'll send them to or take them to school. And then there's a period of time in which I can work. Obviously, that's a mess at the moment because of the the lockdown that we're all undergoing. But um, and then I'll go and get them at school. But in the middle of that day, I've got that period of time where I can work and I'm undisturbed. Should it be necessary? And it usually is few times a week necessary to do some work after that I can put the kids to bed and eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock whatever do a do an hour an hour and a half but usually that's the more light-handed the the lighter aspects of the work you know sending emails responding to things that weren't urgent and so on nothing that requires a massive amount of brain power although I am a bit of a night hawk I can absolutely work mm. throughout the night but you can muddle your day around, do an hour here, take an hour off, do a bit of gardening, walk around in the, on the beach, go to the park, do something else, chat to your mum and dad on the phone, whatever. Mm. Whereas you can't do that sort of stuff. You don't have that freedom. You just need to be disciplined. You need to make sure that by the end of the week, you've clocked up the number of hours that makes sense for your business. And I can do that. But the other mm. one, which I know you absolutely agree with, is the location one, you know, so long as I've got an mm. internet connection, which now is ubiquitous, any cafe on mm. earth will provide me with that. My phone, just about any part of the UK will tethered provide that to me, to my laptop. You know, you're living in a completely different continent, a completely different culture and country. All of that is open to you because of the fact that you've got out of an office. Yeah. 
Yeah. What about the argument, though, of, um, the, okay, so our work-life balance, this I do look back on my times when I used to work to office hours and go somewhere and then leave it. And when I left, when I walked out the door, there was this wonderful sense of freedom. And then that marked my time. That was my time or time with my partner or whatever. And I really liked that. And do you not think that the office might provide something like that that might be good for your life balance? Yeah, so two sides to that argument. Number one, it would provide structure. There's no doubt about it. You know, I mean, if you go to work and there's no structure, then boy, what's the point? Um, the other thing mm. I would say is that you're also, so this is more of a freelancer versus agency life argument, but, you know, that structure could be could be more than you can cope with. It might be that you're being asked to do things in your 40 hours in the office that you uh, that you actually can't achieve in 40 hours. And if you are at home working, you can um, you can sort of stretch that out a little bit, you know, those kind of things. Um, but I think that probably is getting outside of the remit of this argument. But yeah, if you if you receive some solace from leaving at five o'clock and putting it all on the shelf until nine o'clock the next morning yeah that that is a nice feeling i'm sure and 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 a really worthwhile thing having you know if you're a um i don't know let's say a dentist there's probably not a lot of dentistry going on when you're at home you just leave Mm. and you're done your dentist work carries on at nine the next morning when the first patient walks in Uh, excuse me if you're a dentist and i've just completely lied about the massive overburden (laughs) of work that you have when you're at home the paperwork and so on i'm sorry i didn't didn't mean to didn't mean to you know cast aspersions but yeah Yeah. nice nice feeling i would have imagined but none of this i'm afraid is swinging me i'm i'm still going to be saying home office over office yeah, but do you think maybe concede this one that though? Because you have mentioned sometimes when it becomes quite tricky when you might have Ooh. a guilt of being at home. Yeah. While while you've got the kids around. Yeah. That it's very difficult for them to separate. You know, dad at home from dad at work. Yeah, I was, I was convenient. I was hoping you'd conveniently forget all of those misgivings that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially now. Good grief. Uh, yeah. I. Okay, just to undermine everything that I've just said, uh, if I could, if I could get out into an office for a, maybe just a day, that would be nice right now. Because obviously, you know, I've got my kids. I love my kids more than anything else. You know, well, my wife. Oh, I'm going to get in such trouble. Uh, I love my family. I'm going to rephrase that. I love my family more than anything else. Um, but being on top of each other in the way that we are all at the minute, you know, because we're not used to it is intriguing and does does present a new and interesting complexion to the home working environment and it's muddied the water and the boundaries have become far less clear so a, a perfect example is i've got my kids downstairs as we speak i've set them some work because we're, we're trying to give them some schoolwork during this time mm. and um and i don't know if they're achieving that i don't know if they've become stuck but we've got this commitment to do this this podcast together, call it work if you mm. will. Um, but the same would be true if I was currently building a website, which you know I'll get to later in the week. And you, you, yeah, it's difficult, but that's not mm. normal for me. But you're right. You know, there are times when I bring the kids home from school, and there's a couple of hours there where I need to do meetings. And you know, it would be nice if I had the time to spend with the children the, the entire time and the family the entire time. But it's not real yeah. life, is it? You've got to be a fle- be flexible, and the work's got to fit in around it, some way, shape, or form. 
we could argue that we're home workers largely because of the fact that you, you've got a home life that will accommodate that and the accommodation. And I've got no option mm. as a traveler, which is one of the main things for home working for me. My home can be anywhere. And but I don't get the work that I probably could have done if I might have taken put more investment in and set up office. I'm probably would be doing better for work than I would be. But I've got my freedom. Yeah. And honestly, if you were to replay that <laughs> sentence, which which half of that would you rather have? I'd stick with what I've got now. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, I think I think in that case, on that bombshell and that unanimous <laughs> victory on the the Wrigley side of things, although it was very 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 difficult for you to argue differently, um, I think we should probably end it. Really, please, if you're an office worker, put some put some comments. Let us know what your thoughts are. And uh, yeah, bye bye for now. Yeah, bye bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. Always fun chatting to David Wormsley about these things. Always throws up some really interesting bits of information, things that I had not considered before. And in my case, being a committed home worker, I'd always seen that as the correct way for me. But I can see absolutely why people might choose to work in the office. Please, as always, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. That's our Facebook group. You could leave some comments there. Or if you're feeling like you would prefer to do it on our website, head over to the post itself and leave some comments at the bottom. Always appreciate it. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, really anything. The best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out and get a free three-day demo at absplittest.com. Hopefully you'll join us at some point during the next week. We'll have a podcast for you next week. We'll have the WordPress weekly news on Monday and the live news 2pm UK time over at wpbuilds.com forward slash live and also in the WP Builds Facebook group. So you never know, I might see you at some point this week. If not, stay safe, take care and bye bye for now.